0: and hey there hi there ho there and a gracious good saturday morning to you welcome back to another exciting edition of the cardinal couple radio hour podcast where we discuss the joy and excitement of you our women's athletics and yes the fall season is here in full force as we have a total of four contests to talk about over the last couple of days one ran out as well uh, certainly they are out there getting it done on the pitch in the gym, and a perfect 4-0 record for the Cards. We'll get into all that much more later on in the broadcast as we have a foursome on board with us today. Daryl not able to join us, but we've got Case, Jeff, Jared, and myself. So as we kind of like to do here, let's kind of catch up with the guys and and see how the week has been for them. As uh, Case probably uh, felt like this morning when he was writing the article, I'd like a drink of water. No, don't hit me with the fire hose. He had a lot to cover there and not a lot of information to go through. Buddy, how, how are your fingers doing?
1: <laughs> I made it through. Um, I, I think I started writing this morning at about 7.45, and then you all were texting me at like 9.45 to, hey, uh, y- you going to post an article? or You going to put the photos <laughs> up, Case G, Phil, And then we had a whole other photo debacle after we were done with it. So, um Got that resolved. The article is now okay to look at. If you were trying to wa- trying to see it this morning um, and you had some issues because there was a giant picture covering half of the volleyball section, I don't know what happened. But it's fixed now. So,
2: have at it. There you go. It, it it was, you know, you did kind of write the great American novel this morning, just, you know, <laughs> out of necessity, right?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised but, you're still not writing it. I mean, the, great, yeah. the
2: great Twitter
1: argument, is the catcher in the rye good? Is today's article on Cardinal Couple actually good? Who, <laughs> who,
2: who knows? <laughs>
0: War and Peace, the Cardinal Couple version. Yeah, yeah it was Elliot in the
2: Odyssey, man. It's like a long, long way like, right
0: there. But he got it done. He got it done well. And I invite you to jump over to cardinalcouple.com and read Case's nice write up of the action that took place yesterday. In today's article, check him out. He's worth it. And some great pictures, too, as Jared Anderson pulled double duty yesterday. Jared, uh, I'm going to award you the first annual Polly take two of these and call me in the morning award for (laughs) the effort that you've put out over the last couple of days covering the soccer and the field hockey venue, sir.
3: I'll just wait till we get to some of the the three days or (laughs) (laughs) six game weekends and it's like no sleep for me.
1: Yeah, volleyball wasn't on campus, but yeah, (laughs) just wait Uh, a week.
0: I'm going to (laughs) see what we can do and reach into the Cardinal couple coffers and see if we can get him one of those little move uh, routable carts that you see a lot of people <laughs> using Kroger. So he can just motor around the various venues. And may come to trouble with some steps. That's okay. He's got a bit of Daredevil in him. Jeff is a happy camper doing the dance all up and down his front yard. His volleyball's back. Volleyball got underway last night uh, with the regular season. They're out in Tempe, Arizona. And Jeff, uh, we didn't get to watch it. We followed Stat Tracker, which is annoying at times, but still, hey, the cards look good.
2: Yeah, it's disappointing with these when you have, uh, you know, multiple teams and to playing, you know, three matches in a weekend, and the when the teams playing as a neutral court that aren't the home team playing frequently, these will not be televised or streamed in any way. So it's always frustrating not to be able to follow those. But uh, you know, we get we get stat tracker. The I guess stat broadcast is the tool they use now, and it's you know it's pretty good. It shows you pretty much what happens each play, which is nice. And you know, you can see who's playing where, who's doing good hits, who's not, and it's but it's
0: just not the same. It, know, it I'm I'm ready for
2: today, so where I can actually watch some.
0: And the stat tracker keeps you hanging there too, because you see the last line they put up if you're following a play by play. Okay, we saw CC served. Hey, we see Aiko got a slam. How about that? We're up 15-12 now. Yeah, and then wait,
2: wait. Then <laughs> yeah,
0: wait. And then you wait. Wonder if CC. Oh, CC got the serve over, but you know, Jane's yeah. like knocked it back over for a kill for them. Dick yeah. got it. And then you wait. Yeah, you wait. And then eventually, sometimes it pops up. Timeout. Yeah. So it's like I couldn't.
2: And then, got it and then you really open. wait because those yeah. are a minute and a half. You know.
0: So it's it's not the same watching it on TV or internet. Yeah. We, we
2: do get a video stream tonight, it is on Pac Twelve Network. So uh and Pac Twelve streams, so yay, we can see that.
0: And as far as we know it's not a paper. It's
2: as far as we know. Yeah.
0: So that'll be fine. We'll just see what kind of quality of the answers we get on it. Even that, even the worst possible answers you can put on there are better yeah. than having to follow it via stand I Enough said on that issue right there. As for me, uh, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I will say this right off the bat, that you never truly appreciate what a significant other or spouse does during a week's time until you actually have to do that for them. Uh, my dear wife, Sonia, took a tumble Saturday afternoon, which necessitated a trip to the emergency room on Sunday to discover she had a broken right wrist. Which means all of a sudden Pauly becomes not only the driver, but the author. And anything that requires two hands, put in Gisca. So Lefty, as I'm now calling her, yeah. has had a pretty good week. There's not been a lot of pain. She's got a kind of adjustable, flexible cast on right now. Will you go hit the doctor tomorrow to see whether that's going to change or not, going to see a bone specialist, but uh, uh, that kept me really busy all week, and then I had a visit from an old friend of mine, Lucy Bells, yesterday. We won't talk much about that, except that she visited me all day long. Lucy, I'm glad you left, okay? <laughs> uh, that's it, uh, and uh, of course, Daryl had a week of pushing buttons the last couple of days, not for the bats, but for ACC Network Extra. Not with us this morning, but I know she's probably recovering from
1: that. So She was very willing and ready to leave the field hockey match. Well, yeah, <laughs> Thinking I mean... that it was not going to
0: happen. Oh yeah, I was following the, the group text on that. And it was just like, what are we going to do? Radar doesn't look good. What are we going to do? I look at that storm cell. oh They're not going to do this. Well, guess what? They are going to do this. Da, 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 da. Such as weather that you get in late August sometimes can really... Be something, as Jared and I found out Thursday night, to uh, keep you hanging on, so to speak. But uh, it is the time of the show where we normally get into a little scheduling and Twitter information. Okay, so take it away.
1: Yeah, so uh, the schedule is getting more full. Um, there's a couple of things on schedules today, only one of them is U of L related, though. Uh, Ohio and New Hampshire are both in town for a little round robin. Uh, with UofL in field hockey. So those two teams are going to play over at Traeger at 3 p.m. You're welcome to go over and see that if you want to sit in the heat for two teams you don't care about. But uh, that one (laughs) is uh, happening then. Volleyball, like we mentioned, taking on Arizona State uh, in Tempe at the Sun Devil Invitational. That one's at 7 p.m. No complaining about stat broadcast for this one because it will be available uh, on video via the... Uh, pac twelve just video player uh, it wasn't didn't even really seem like pac twelve network. It was just a video player on the website, so that was something. Uh, there's links on the Go Cards website as well as a link in today's article for that one. Uh, field hockey versus uh, New Hampshire tomorrow at two p.m. Uh, available on the HCC Network Extra or free entry into all uh, non-revenue sports except for volleyball this season. Um, women's soccer uh, also playing at home again. Uh, they'll have a shorter turnaround than they anticipated since the game was postponed from thursday to friday but they'll take on northern kentucky at 7:30 at lynn stadium uh, men's soccer hosts evansville at 7:30 at Lynn's, uh, at lynn stadium on monday uh, both of those games also on the acc network extra then we move into uh, the month of september it's already here uh, nobody doing anything on tuesday or wednesday Women's soccer heads on the road for their only road game of the preseason uh, when they take on St. Louis. That one is at 7 p.m. on Thursday. No video is listed for that one yet. Uh, Friday, cross country heads down to Knoxville to go to the Tennessee dual meets. Um, Field hockey heads up to take on Penn at Princeton at noon on Friday. No video listed for that one. Uh, volleyball the cardinal classic begins uh, they will not play until seven or however long they have to wait after the conclusion of the south dakota versus nku match that starts at 4 30 in cardinal arena federal credit union arena um, then like i said their game against missouri starts at seven men's soccer taking on Bellerman at 7:30 p.m uh, the volleyball match is not listed as aCC network extra, but I have to assume it will end up there, uh, and that takes us to Saturday when volleyball will take on uh, South Dakota at six p m but we will have a show before then, and uh, that gets you through the schedule, so it's not quite as full as it's going to be in the weeks that follow uh, but we are we are getting there. As for Twitter, my tweet is at best case scenario b s t case scenario. Polly is at Cardinal Couple, uh, Jeff is at Card Couple Radio and at Jeff McAdams, Jared's at Mister Anderson Jared, and Daryl is at Daryl Faust Four. Uh, as always, check out the right side of the site for all of the U uh, of L Twitter accounts. Uh, the list we have over there, you can check that out and follow along on the site, or follow along on Twitter, or just follow the accounts yourself, or whatever you'd like to do. But uh, those are great, especially for sports like field hockey or not field hockey, I mean, it's great for sports like field hockey too, uh, but cross country where they will put out some results from different events, different length meets and stuff like that as the, as the events go on.
0: One of the things that I do try to do when I, when I actually attend an event, and this is true like for women's soccer or whatever I get to, is I will try to kind of give you an idea of what's going on about an hour or so before the event, kind of get you starting lineups. Uh, Gets you uh, certain you know, trivial facts about the teams and stuff like that. Also, if we're at Lynn Stadium, try to get you a over under on a train count.
1: I was going to say uh, it if you didn't. I
0: did, I did not do that Friday I guess I was not out there. Fair. And so I did not think that I could do an accurate and comprehensive report on trains because I wasn't there to watch the tracks. I did see one go by during the game. I don't know if there were any more or less in that, Jaron. You would probably know that.
3: Uh, maybe like five minutes after the conclusion of the match, another train came by. So I'm pretty sure we just had the one so during the match.
2: I still think we should count all the ones between Thursday evening and the end of the game last night. Oh,
0: because of the, <laughs> the, the race. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, that that would be an interesting betting kind of scenario. Yeah. We would have to have some type of psychic knowledge that the game yeah. is going to a, actually be... Put a
2: webcam on it and count them or something. <laughs> I, don't
0: know. I, I don't know. We could probably get Daryl to track it, you know, from ACC. Yeah. Open up an extra screen with buttons she can push to watch Lynn Stadium's railroad track. Yeah, but anyway... Yeah, always follow us. See what's going on. You'll have a lot of fun with it if you do. And uh, certainly we'll get some great comments as well. But uh, let's jump on into the meat of the bones of it right here, kiddos. We have scores to report, action to talk about, wins to discuss. And I can think of no better way to start it out than the event last night that had one of our teams playing twice as Louisville volleyball out in Tempe, Arizona, home of Arizona State University, playing out in the Sun Devil Invitational. Two matches. They started it out with Cal Poly. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, unable to watch this one, but able to follow Stat Tracker on it. So. Uh, and Jeff you know Cal Poly came in they were also receiving the votes and they uh, gave Louisville just a little bit of difficulty there although the cards swept them three to they weren't easy were they
2: no they were they were definitely close uh, scores in each set uh, the cards managed to come out on top of each one but by a squeaker in a couple of cases there um, you know going into this weekend I expected Arizona State to be the major uh, challenge Uh traditionally a, a fairly decent team um you know mid-pack of pack 12 but pack 12 is a pretty good volleyball conference so uh but uh digging into it a little bit I, I reckon i realized that uh arizona state is not receiving votes for the rankings uh for the weekly rankings at least preseason, uh, and cal poly is uh which i i did not realize what sort of team cal poly was I hadn't didn't know much about them but uh sounds like they might be the the biggest challenge of the weekend at least if ranking information holds holds um so uh good to get that win. uh it was a little dicey at times but uh good to get it done and get it out of the way and then uh get to watch the game tonight against Arizona state that should be fun to see uh the 2021 cards uh get a chance for most people to see i've i've got the opportunity to see them a couple of times preseason but uh Get other people an opportunity to see it
0: should be fun indeed it should as the cards uh one in straight sets as we mentioned taking the first set 25 23 second set 25 21 and then the final set you got little bonus volleyball Louisville winning at 26 24. jared one of the things i found interesting in this is that in two of the three sets we were actually trailing cal poly leading to the action
3: yeah i think part of that is being able to rally like that is just having a veteran squad that's comfortable out there and been in some tight situations before and familiar with their playing style so it wasn't anything new for them to piece together a little rally and i think the uh the one set what was it a a five point swing there at the end uh,
0: the rally to win it. Yeah, set number three. We were actually down in that set twenty three to twenty four, and then scored the final five points to take that 26
3: 24. Yeah, it's just that they've played together for a while now, and they spent all of last season together, and many of them their prior year before that. So they're familiar with each other, trusted the that their their teammates and the process, and they made it happen. I mean, <clears throat> we're. Uh, Top 25 team for a reason, and we've been to an
0: Elite Eight and multiple
3: Sweet Sixteens for a reason. We're, we're good, and we, we can handle being put under a little bit of pressure.
0: And you also had to kind of wonder here, I think, in case maybe a little bit of rust on the cards here. They, they had had a red-black scrimmage prior to the trip out west, but they uh, actually found themselves down 15 to 20 in that first set, but then went on an 8-1. Run to take the lead and flip the pressure back over on Cal Poly. Uh, Danny's got a lot of weapons. It's I think right now the the key is just figuring out who to use when, and where, and how.
1: Yeah, I think you've still got primarily the offense in place for U of The the struggle I think for them is trying to figure out how things work defensively. What that looks like. Um, We've talked a lot about the replacement of the Libero from last season, so they're trying to figure out how that works and how that moves into the flow because that creates the beginning of your offense on every point. Um, The first two sets, both very streaky. um, The last set, not very streaky until the very end. But um, it it seemed like neither team could really find a rhythm as they um, either Louisville would... uh, not be able to break Cal Poly out of their rhythm due to a, due to a costly error, or they'd lose their own momentum due to a costly error. Uh, Louisville's hitting percentage was um, quite a bit higher than Cal Poly's, so uh, the rest of the match was very even, except for that, and uh, Louisville really kept Cal Poly in the match for most of it, I think.
0: And uh, in in the overall evening, I mean, the Cards obviously had a lot much easier time against TAMM, T A M C C, excuse me. I know I'd mess that up. Uh, the cards were led offensively by the three that you'd kind of expect that would happen. The A team, Anna De Beer led the way with nine kills for the games. Michael uh, Jones getting eight kills and Amaya Tillman seven. But uh, Jeff, after that first game, I, I kind of think maybe the idea with the team was let's turn around, walk out of the arena, get on the bus and not look back. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, it, 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 against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, they weren't really all that much of a threat. We You know, we played some different lineups uh, in the, at least in the second set. I believe we had uh, some not typical starters in the game, starting and playing, and you know, give them a chance to play, get some experience, and, and that's good. But uh, you know, they, they clearly at that point, you know, rough first match of the day get in there, get in and out on the second one, get a good, good, solid lifting uplifting win and, and, uh, get get, uh, get on the road and get in it, get in a groove with it. So
0: the cards sweeping TAMCC 25, 10, 25, to get that win. And, uh, they, they were playing these in the desert financial arena. Maybe that's kind of an oxymoron there. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting name for a place to play volleyball or you're in the desert, but you're financial I don't know. In any event, uh, you could do a little better on that ASU. I'm sorry. That's just not a great name for a place. But uh, the Cards obviously having no problems in the second game of the evening, uh, the second match of the evening. Taking that in three. Louisville actually uh, hitting the ball much better in that one. But, uh, you know, g- given the fact that the TAMCC had 19 errors compared just to Louisville's 10, it- it's clear that n- hitting opportunities weren't always going the way they should have.
1: Yeah. um I don't know that I quite understood your question there. Uh, one of the things I was thinking was we don't really have a whole lot of room to talk about Ellen and Federal Credit Union arenas or Desert Financial <laughs> Arena's <laughs> <in its> name. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we know what a federal credit uh, union
0: does, okay. I got so what, lost
1: in my thought about that that I didn't pay attention
0: to the rest of your question. What a desert has to do with financial stability? I'm clueless. I'm sorry. <laughs> Call me stupid. Man,
2: I, I guess it's a bank that's you know it's in Tempe, so it's in the desert. desert. financially.
0: I mean, yeah. You, you walk past the cactiros and then take a left at the big tall cactus and there's your teller sitting <laughs> out there.
2: Anyway, what was a, what was your
1: actual question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just get back to it For the, the, the match against TMA see, the Cards obviously hit the ball pretty well but a better hitting percentage than the uh, Corpus Christi squad uh, they had a negative hitting percentage so uh, given that Louisville finally got their stuff together was my question too, and looked better in that second match
1: yeah I think so um, I think A&M Corpus Christi, Christi was uh, not a very good team um, Louisville hit 433 uh, and they only had 39 total kills in the whole match. So uh, it's kind of weird when you think about it that way. Uh, Corpus Christi only had 19 errors and hit negative in two of three sets. Um, so they just they weren't getting a lot of opportunities. Um, nine service errors, no aces. Um, Louisville, to their credit, it's not something we can say uh, over the last couple of seasons. They They put in seven aces, which was pretty good. Uh, Whether that had to do with Corpus Christi's receiving ability, um, we didn't get to watch, so we can't really say for sure. They did still have nine errors, but um, seven aces to nine errors was a lot better than the one ace to nine errors that they had in that first match. Um, So it's tough to say, I think, that Corpus Christi was really outmatched uh, in this one. Um, Louisville obviously wanted to rebound from their match in the, the first game against Cal Poly and get feeling a little bit better about it, and I think that they did that so we'll see i think that um like jeff said it's tough to say whether arizona state is uh as good a team as cal poly uh the current preseason rankings don't say that but preseason rankings are what they are Uh, that's what these first weekends are for to figure out whether they're actually legit Uh, i think that louisville will be looking at this match as uh another match against a power five team uh, against a traditional powerhouse conference uh, and a, a decent team from that conference. So I think tonight's match will be uh, really telling about this team going forward.
0: And it also raises a question to me, and maybe we can we can kind of bat this back and forth, Jared. How deep does Danny go tonight with the lineup? Obviously, they're playing their third game in two days. Uh, an ASU team that's not exactly a top 25 caliber team. You figure you're going to get the A team out there quite a bit, okay? We can expect Anna, Amaya, obviously Ico, and, and, and Anna uh, Stevenson to see some time. But how deep does Danny go with this tonight?
3: I think that's one of the reasons that we saw some of our reserves come in and play a lot for the second match yesterday. Is Besides the fact that we were holding that match under control pretty easily, but you're looking forward to today and, and you want to a lot of your starters to be able to feel at least semi-rested. I know three matches in in two days is quite a lot, but that way there's not as much lag. I'm sure they've been practicing and preparing for this for several weeks now, just understanding that, hey, we're going to have a lot of matches early on. So I think our starters should be pretty all right. We're going to see more of an issue and probably some, uh, some loss of energy if we were to go into a longer match, such as a five-setter. But I wouldn't worry about it too much, just because they've been practicing and training for a few weeks now and just the rest that a lot of the starters got for much of the second match last night. But, I mean, if we go up pretty big, then maybe we'll see some of the reserves come in again.
0: Do they get the broom out again?
3: I would love to get the broom back out another time early on the season. Let's
0: toss it over to Jeff. Uh, Jeff, this one third in two days do they sweep
2: uh i think there's a good shot at it um you know obviously you know first weekend of the season it's you don't have uh current film on any teams so it's a little bit of it's it's a little harder to scout but uh you know in Arizona State they're a Pac-12 team they're in a good conference they've traditionally been a pretty good team so you don't want to take them for granted you know um, I'm not too worried about the fatigue factor. Uh, these teams, these young women play, you know, this much volleyball in this short of a time pretty regularly. So I'm not too worried about that. Particularly on top of the fact that, you, like, looking at the box score from last night, Anna Stevenson only played in one set in that second match. Right? Emily Scott came in and played in the middle, which is a little bit interesting because in both the preseason exhibition opportunities she was swinging out of the right side so you know she's back in the middle now so but you know a lot of these players got a little bit of a, a a little bit of a breather they're in fine shape and from fatigue i'm pretty sure of that so not too worried about that yeah you know if we if we go up you might see some some different players coming in um nina and bono got and got uh some outside swings late yesterday um you saw Rachel DeMarcus coming in and and doing some setting in there you know it's you take the opportunity to get some experience for some of these players that don't get as much time on the court and you know to build your depth for later in the season so so yeah I I I hope to I hope we're up enough that we can really do
0: a lot of that certainly we all are in agreement let's get out the broom again tonight at 7 p.m Arizona State Uh, there is a link to watch this one in today's article so if you want to click on that hopefully that will bring you a free unencumbered viewing of our match against arizona state sun devils let's go ahead and kind of move it away from volleyball a little bit and return to the Floyd street area where the louisville field hockey squad was ready to take on a very very interesting opponent and i'm going to call it an interesting opponent in the fact that they used to play this opponent quite regularly and quite frequently when both schools were in the mac conference ohio not ohio state but ohio university cards uh, had to wait a bit on this one, Jared, as uh, this uh, start that was scheduled for 3 o'clock uh, it just didn't quite happen until just before 5.
3: Yeah, a uh, two-hour delay is never fun, especially when you're kind of cramped up, and then when you're looking at a weekend where you've got three teams total in town right now and you're trying to figure out the schedule with them. and uh, With the sport like field hockey, there's a lot more... Uh, cardio and running around that gets factored into it. So you don't want to look at putting a team to play two matches in one day, which could have potentially happened. And as Case off today, Ohio and New Hampshire are playing, and then the cards will play New Hampshire tomorrow. So it was one of those. They really wanted to get it in uh, yesterday just so everybody would be able to get a, a true night's rest, have fresh legs for their matches, and try, try and keep it pretty fair. Uh and then, I mean, we came out early, scored early and often, and just kind of cruised on to a, a nice early season victory against uh, a team that I wouldn't really call one of the powerhouses when it comes to field hockey. Um, but it's, it's a nice season-opening win, and it really reflects off of last week with how dominating they were over Bellarmine. And it's going to be a very uh, team-oriented offense this year, as we've already kind of picked up the Seeing that we've got multiple threats on offense is, is kind of nice. So if a player has an off day at some point, uh, someone else can step up and, and take that role. But, but great early season win.
0: Yeah, At uh, about 2.30 yesterday, all systems looked to go. But all of a sudden, coming up out of the south was a lightning strikes and also a torrential downpour. And I got to look at that field right around 3 o'clock. And, boy, that thing was underwater, wasn't it? Man, that was ridiculous. But uh, so there entered a two-hour debate on, shall we play? Shall we not play? Shall we try to put this in tomorrow? If we do play today, what time should we play? And that went back and forth until shortly before 4.30 when it was determined that the teams would take the field and warm up for a 5 o'clock start. Uh, And and as Jared can tell you, I can tell you, sitting through a two-hour delay, it's just no fun, Jeff. No fun at all.
2: No, it's not. And you know, and it's obviously a challenge for everybody involved because you not only have the teams out there, which, you know, like Jared was talking about, trying to figure out the schedule for the whole weekend based on that, but you've also got people uh staffing, you know, volunteers for, you know, crowd management, concession stands, and even, you know, Daryl pushing buttons in the broadcast center back there. Um, that Im- impacts them and, and also almost impacted on their ability to handle the soccer game too. So, you know, it's challenging. Weather is weather. It's going to happen. We can't control it. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, it's certainly frustrating to have to deal with all of that. But, you know, good to get out there and get a good win uh, after all of that and still be able to come out after just sitting around, waiting around, and, and and be able to still put together a good game.
0: The usual suspects, to use the term, showed up for the cards in the scoring effort this 6-0 win over Ohio as they got two goals at Erica Cooper, one of my favorite players on the team, I might add, who played very well and scored back-to-back goals in the contest. Katie Snyder getting a goal. Maddie Tabor, back after sitting out most of last year with a goal. Mia Duchers and then a freshman, Philippa Never, scored as well. And Snyder with three assists case. That was a... Certainly something great to see out of her. So much talk about her sister in the past couple of years. Katie's kind of stepping up going, hey, I'm a part of this family. Look at me.
1: Yeah, I wrote a little bit about it today. It seems like um, the response for both field hockey and soccer's loss of major offensive stars has just been, okay, well, we'll just play offense by committee. To which my question would be, why didn't you guys do that before? <laughs> 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 I mean, you didn't need to, but it certainly would have helped probably um the fantastic from Katie Schneider to get uh three assists and then Erica Cooper you know she was a a good scorer last year um as part of that uh Mercedes pastor led offense um so she gets two goals uh some youth movement in there um when you score six goals and you got five, di- five different goal scorers uh, that's pretty daggone good uh as well as four different assisters so um y- you can't be mad about that uh, Mila Tukajer, I hope I'm saying that right, um, with a good game in her first true action, uh, as we mentioned in the in our chat, uh, and I wrote about an article today. Sam Menrath still not dressing. Uh, we don't officially know why, so probably not. Best not to speculate. Um, but it always is good to know that you've got someone strong that can be a backup uh, in the goal. Because having one goalie on the roster is not good, which is what <laughs> Louisville's currently playing with. Uh, so, um, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, comes about going, or how that continues going forward. Um, but uh, congratulations to her on her first collegiate game and uh, picking up four saves in a shutout.
0: Yeah, getting all sixty minutes in there. This this freshman from the Netherlands basically came over, in addition to learning. The way things are done in Louisville, Kentucky, dealing with a college curriculum. All of a sudden, Justine Sarah goes, hey, guess what? You're our last goalkeeper on this roster. Dress up, get out there. And hey, guess what? She's doing a good job. Doing a fine job out there. And I'm really happy for Erica Cooper because as a freshman, she came in from Assumption and put up a lot of goals early in her freshman career for us. And then it kind of drifted off the next couple of years. She wasn't quite as proficient. She was certainly a, a viable part of the offense. And uh, and then for this year to get to in that first game, she's, she's still one of my favorite interviews of all time. Where We talked with her her freshman year after a big out. And, oh, she's, she's just fun to talk to. I mean, yeah, you could sit down and talk to her for an hour about anything, and she would keep you enthralled and enraptured by what she has to say. So... Happy to see that at Erica Cooper and what she could do. uh, Jeff, Justine's got a squad here. Looks like they can do a little bit of scoring here, and it looks like they're doing pretty well defensively.
2: Yeah, and and I'm going to pick up a little bit on what uh, Case was talking about with offense by committee. Um, That always makes me feel good. (laughs) It always makes me nervous to have a team that is depending upon a single dominant offensive player. So I love having offense by committee. Um, you may not end up end up with, you know, a single star that gets a lot of attention individually, but it, it makes me feel more comfortable about the the prospects for the team as a whole. So uh, I love to see that, um, you know, and, you know, gives us a reason also to kind of talk to multiple people on the team and get to know a little bit more about uh, many of them instead of focusing on one individual.
0: Justine, Jerry, Getting in some good wins early because down the road, guys, wow, we're going to be running through a gauntlet here. A gauntlet, indeed, when you take a look at some of the future opponents that this squad has to go up against, both over at trigger and as well as being on the road. Just listen to some of these numbers they've got to play. Later on in the season, Iowa, they're number three in the nation. They have to play Michigan, number two in the nation. They have to play Yukon, number six in the nation. Liberty, number 10 in the nation. Princeton, number 13 in the nation. Ohio State, 22nd. Miami, Ohio, 21st. And JMU, who they handled, 24th in the nation. That one coming up for them as well. This is just a gauntlet, Jeff. I mean, gracious, you couldn't build a tougher schedule in here, and that's not even taking a look at the ACC slate. that yeah. he hasn't hit, cool. <laughs> boy. All seven teams, I think, are in the top twenty-five. Maybe UNC. The rest. It's just a boy. Yeah, this is this this is this is uphill sledding
2: yeah you know there's a lot of really really good teams in this whole schedule um you know we talked about a little bit you know a few you know a few weeks month maybe or two back i this is this is a tough schedule um th- if we make it through it in good shape we're going to be well prepared for the postseason that's for sure
0: i see cards will Endeavored to do so with the Sunday games we mentioned against New Hampshire, one of the few teams on the schedule that isn't in the top 25. I don't know if they're receiving votes or not, but they're not there. And then after that, uh, maybe a breather up at Princeton. I I don't know. I don't know a lot about Penn, but I know Princeton's number 13 in the nation. It'll be the Cards' first road trip playing on Friday and Sunday over the Labor Day weekend up there in the Northeast, so Hopefully things will continue. Uh, I, guess, I guess the main questions that we got when we when we look at this squad case and, and kind of wonder what's going on with it is, that we wondered at the start of the year who would take over the scoring. We've kind of gotten our answer tentatively so far, and it's going to be scoring by committee. Okay. Who would replace MJ? Well, we're not going to replace her with one. Let's replace her with five different players. Uh, The bigger concern, a bigger question to me is just having only one goalkeeper. Because you're looking at – you've played two exhibitions and a regular season game. you still got a bunch of contests up here. I think close to 20 contests, if I'm not mistaken, left in the schedule. And with one goalkeeper, it it makes me nervous, sir.
1: Yeah, um, and it's not just one goalkeeper. It's one freshman goalkeeper. Uh, We ran into this problem – a couple of years back, Holland Barr was the only keeper on the roster for a short time um I believe at the time Sam Minrath was injured again, or maybe it was the other way around um and Sam Minrath was the was the one but it, it, it's nervy because the field hockey goalkeeper is kind of under a lot of fire and they're wearing a lot of pads, but it doesn't take much to to turn the wrong way to take a ball in a weird spot that's unpadded um it's definitely a liability uh, to only have one goalkeeper on the roster. Um, we saw in the uh, in the alumni game that they didn't even have someone willing to suit up to play a goalkeeper uh, and they just put a net up. Um, you'd really <laughs> obviously would have liked to have Salmon and Rath uh, playing for the current team and uh for the um, alumni maybe, but Unfortunately, it it didn't work out that way, and so Louisville's just going to have to weather this storm. Hopefully, whatever's going on with Minrath, we can get her back soon uh, and have two effective goalkeepers to choose from. Um, But right now, it's just kind of a... It's always kind of a a problem waiting to happen when you've got a single point of failure.
0: And we had offered Jared services to coach Sarah to goaltend for the alumni. And for (laughs) some reason... Justine was unwilling to have Jared dress out and stand there because he obviously would have been taking pictures at the same time, and that could have caused a bit of consternation. He
1: might have been worse than the net. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: the net had more saves than I could have gotten. I don't think he's as vocal as Sam Minerath either, so that probably wouldn't have worked. But yeah, uh, the, One of the things that, that Louisville did kind of go through last year in their Final Four run is that in the spring part of that Final Four run, they only had Minerath. The previous goalkeeper, Holland Barr, chose to sit out due to COVID concerns. So we've kind of experienced this a little bit before, but never to the depth of inexperience with a freshman goalkeeper in here. In any event, whatever you're doing so far, keep it up because you've played two exhibitions and a regular season game. You've put 21 goals in the net and you have allowed none against of course the alumni bellerman in their second season bellerman's gonna have a couple more seasons where they're gonna be on the short end of the stick so to speak i think fellas until they can get fully acclimated to d1 but uh get the wins in early kids because when you take a look at the back half of this schedule kind of makes you wonder yeah uh, do we have enough bullets or are we on high enough ground best of luck anyway to justine and her crew uh, We'll see what happens. Things are still high though. We're still number five in the nation. We're still number five in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's just like, Uh obviously, the rest of the nation appreciates our abilities much more than our own conference, right? Uh, Hey, last night, Jared made it out after field hockey to watch a little bit of women's soccer action at Lynn Stadium. They didn't bring the pups back. They're going to try to reschedule that for another day after he and I watched, I think, how many dogs showed up Thursday night, five or six, Jared? Yeah, it was
3: a decent amount, a few. It was a hot day Thursday, before the storm came in.
0: It was indeed, but we sat up there and waited and waited to see what was going to happen. We're going to get a chance to actually play JMU. It didn't happen Thursday night, but it did happen Friday night, and the Cards were able to go out there and looked pretty decent, I think you could say, sir, in the first half. They were leading three to nothing until about a minute left in the first half when JMU snuck a goal in past Gabby. But the second half, uh, I was sitting on the edge of my seat, buddy. How was it out there, Lynn?
3: Yeah, it was two totally different halves there. The first one where you're feeling really comfortable and have a nice lead, and all three goals were kind of oddities, and that the first goal is one that you may never encounter in the rest of your life because of how rare it is. And then the second half, I can't tell. Maybe they just slacked off a little bit, uh, let loose in the midfield, and then the your back line on defense just kept getting outrun. Uh, some of the forwards for JMU, their speed, they were putting pressure and got a couple easy goals in there. And next thing you know, it's like you're thinking, oh, this should be an, an easy blowout victory, and we're coming down to the wire. And thankfully, a late goal by Delaney Snyder and uh, some late-game heroics to hold off any JMU final pushes allowed us to walk away with three points.
0: It was a uh, certainly... Refreshing and glad to see Delaney back into the lineup case and actually get in a header to get the deciding goal in there. I think one of the things that I was looking at here is as, as the second half came up to play a little bit, first of all, Gabby Cazella's probably had nightmares all night long last night when she was dreaming of Hannah Cooling stalking and threatening her whatever she tried to do. I'm going to the grocery. No, I can't get out the front door. Hannah's standing in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start my car. No, wait a second. Hannah's in the passenger seat. I can't get in here. No, she's going to take my keys. Uh, a heck of an effort by this, this very, very fine player from, from JMU. But the, what, what do you take a look at the situation? JMU has made the adjustments and capitalized on those adjustments, and I think Karen Ferguson days would have been a very interesting interview last night post game if we had done that.
1: Yeah, I think we all agreed before the show she would not have liked to hear from me, uh, <laughs> given the the result of <laughs> last night's game. Yeah, um, I think that is one of the one of the most frustrating games you can have, uh, that ends up being a victory. Um, Louisville has not given up a three goal lead as long as I can remember. Um, usually it's because they can't get a three-goal lead to give up, um, but when you get a, a first-half three-goal lead and you allow a team that you you should have been able to manage, uh, I think, a lot easier than they did to to come storming back, um, getting that, that fourth goal to win the game is good, uh, especially responding as quickly as they did uh, with senior leadership from Delaney Snyder being the one to get it in her return to action. I think those are positives, but I, <laughs> that... That outside defense looked rough uh, and to the point where near the end of the game with um, attack after attack by JMU, Louisville actually switched to a five-player back and moved Delaney-Snyder into the back just for more speed on the outside. Um, The two outside backs were just getting torched basically the whole night. Um, Delaney-Snyder made – or not Delaney-Snyder, Maisie Witsett – Uh, had some some rough steps where she got caught out because an outside defender got caught out Uh, Sarah Hernandez made a couple of goal-saving slide tackles Um, she almost made a a goal-scoring slide tackle when she and Gabby Uh went for the ball at the same time Um, but that'll happen Um, so yeah trying to shore up that outside back position with with some speed there at the end of the game um It's going to be really important for them to get Raven Alexander back. I think Jared mentioned that she was dressed last night, but to my knowledge, she never came into the game. Um, Hopefully she's able to get her feet back under her tomorrow against NKU. I think that that would be a big boost for the team, but I don't know. I mean, the offense being able to score four goals uh, is, is definitely encouraging. I think if I remember correctly, they scored six in the first game. So that's 10 over the first two games. Um, and they I don't, they'd scored like four goals the entire spring season. So th- they've definitely figured out um, what they want to do offensively, it seems like. Uh, albeit against lesser competition. But uh, defensively, where we didn't think we were going to have a ton of questions, all of a sudden it's question marks everywhere. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this works out going forward. Um, hopefully, like I said, getting Raven Alexander back can answer some of those questions. But for the time being you take a win in last night's match, and you're happy that you didn't give up a fourth and a fifth goal, frankly.
0: Indeed. The cards did open the scoring in the 15th minute. Explain this phenomenon of the rare indirect free kick inside the box case, because... When I looked at the formation on it, it looked like I was watching a field hockey game and there was a penalty corner about to happen.
1: Yeah, so just to be sure, I figured we were going to talk about it. I I pulled up a little explainer online. Uh, It's funny because the offense that led to last night's indirect free kick is even more rare to the point where it's not listed (laughs) as what (laughs) usually uh, an offense that results in an indirect free kick. Yeah. like I, I mentioned in our text last night, I didn't get to see it, so I had assumed that it was a goalie handball of some sort. Um, that's usually handling the ball for too long without clearing it. Uh, it that's almost never called. Um, putting the ball down and then picking it back up, that'd be a goalie handball. Uh, receiving the ball with your hands uh, on a ball that's played back to you. So something like that. <laughs> what happened last night uh, was a an illegal touch on a goal kick and it happened right outside the six-yard box. Uh, usually, if you get an illegal touch on the goal kick, it's going to be uh, way out near the top of the box. Um, uh, an offensive player is pressuring a defensive player uh, for, for a, a short ball, and it, it comes right in. Or the defensive player comes right in and touches it, so that's right on the inside. Last night, JMU goalkeeper uh, just gave it a little tap after she put it down on the line, um, probably just to put the ball where more where she wanted to with her foot. Uh, But that was a mistake, because that counts as the goal kick, or at least in this referee's mind, that counted as the goal kick. So the next play play she took um, was an illegal touch, gave Louisville an indirect free kick from right outside the box, Uh, right outside the six-yard box. An indirect free kick has to be touched before it can be scored. Um, A lot of times you'll see... Uh, The players, as they did yesterday, where they'll just do a quick touch with two offensive players, sometimes you'll just try to hammer it right at a defensive player, um, or do some kind of other weird pass setup. About the only way to defend it when you're that close is to put the entire team inside the goal, like they did last night, um, and then sprint at the ball as quickly as you can. Uh, Louisville kept them off balance by faking that start about four times, I think. (laughs) Um, And then Maisie Witt set fire at home, so... That's what you like to see that was executed perfectly. It was just extremely rare and extremely odd to watch.
0: It was indeed. And the chances that we see that again this year, I'm not going to put any heavy Uh, money on that. Slim to none. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe ever in our lifetime. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just already. But, Jerry, let's take a look at the scoring procedure last night because after – Louisville's first win of the season, we were all gone, all very praiseful of the freshmen, who accounted for the vast majority of Louisville's goals in their first game. Last night, the vets took over. We started it out with Macy Woodsett getting a goal. Morgan Bentley doubled it up to two to nothing, and then uh, Emma Hiscock got a goal. uh, Maybe you know. Not one of our more veteran players, but certainly the winning goal of the game came from veteran, obviously, and very, very tight and good player for the cards. One that we've been waiting to see get on the field all all season long, Delaney Snyder, got a nice assist from Michaela Hampton, who's a transfer in. So, Jared, a change of the garden scoring in the second game.
3: Yeah, I think the veterans were a little bit after that first match like, hey, hold up, we're still here too, and and we can uh, get some shots off and make a difference, and I think there, as well as you mentioned with Delaney, kind of making that veteran experience move there in the second half, uh, in fact, less than two minutes after JMU had scored the equalizer, that's just an upper class understanding the situation, and being able to stay calm and focused and and do her job right uh, because once we saw the equalizer from jmu there's a little bit of panic in in uh, the eyes of some of our players and the jmu bench was just going crazy and you, you gotta be able to settle down and, and regroup and just understand that there's still plenty of game left to be played and the veterans were like okay we'll we'll take over and even with, as you mentioned, Michaela Hampton, getting that assist and some of the pressure she put on the JMU defense. Just her in her fifth year playing soccer and understanding some of the situations and what you need to do to get the momentum to swing back on your side. Uh, so that's just one of those times where having that experience and being a veteran is going to come in
0: handy. Cards go to 2-0 and with the win last night over James Madison, uh, which brings up Jeff, a Sunday contest. One of the to in-state schools we will play this year Kentucky not on the schedule but NKU and WKU on the schedule we get NKU Sunday night hopefully not a lot of surprises here in this one for the guards as they take on our friends from greater Cincinnati
2: yeah I, I, I know very little about NKU in the soccer realm um they're obviously a smaller school, relatively new to Division I. You don't kind of think of them as a, as a powerhouse squad. I, I, I would hope this should be a, a fairly straightforward game to win, uh, maybe an opportunity to kind of treat it as a little bit of a tune-up and, and examine uh, some of our practices and tactics and, and maybe work on that, that outside back position a little bit. Um, you know, let's let's hope that we get a chance to get out there and, and get a good win without too much struggle and can focus on fine-tuning some things with it.
0: As the cards sit at 2-0, as we mentioned, uh, I'm going to take this one around the board with you guys here a little bit. When you take a look at the body work so far, two games in, we're 2-0, scored 10 goals, given up five goals. Uh, and I'll start with you on this case. What has either surprised or pleased you the most? About this women's soccer squad this early in the season?
1: I think it's a pretty easy answer. Um, I think the surprises have been the uh, offensive output and the the defensive throughput. (laughs) Um, The one has been a pleasant surprise, the other certainly has not. Um, I think that's simplifying it a lot, but that's where we are. We all expected uh, a struggle offensively, we talked about it at length. Uh, over the summer, through the spring, the loss of Amina Ekic was huge. Um, they seem to seem to have an answer for that. They're, they're playing uh, very free offensively. With only four in the back, they're putting a bit more forward um, than maybe they were last season. Um, with those wingbacks in the five-back set only getting forward so much. But uh, it may be coming at a cost. I, I think that Coach Ferguson-Days has to figure out what she wants to do about that. Um, If you run into a team that has a very strong defense and you're not able to jump ahead, you're not able to to keep pace offensively, and your defense is is lacking, how do you respond to that? I think that's something she's just going to have to figure out. And unfortunately, I don't know that EKU or NKU helps give you that answer. Uh, They were a good team last year. They almost made the NCAA tournament, uh, lost 10 PKs in uh, the final of the Horizon League Championship. So, one and two so far this year losses against um, Dayton and Cincinnati, uh, with a win over EKU in overtime. So I don't I don't know that this is the answer. Like I like I said, I hope hopefully you can get Raven Alexander back. Figure out what she does to the defense. Um, if this current formation that they've been rolling out there is going to be effective with her back in the lineup, and if not, then you have to reassess. And you see if you can continue the offensive firepower that you're getting with uh, a bit more of a, a bit more of a wall in the back, and see what happens.
0: Jared, two and zero. We've outscored opponents ten to five. Your biggest surprise or, I think, it's exciting thing that you've experienced so far this year.
3: I think he said the nail on the head with the the two surprises, one a very pleasant surprise and the other about as opposite, as pleasant as possible. Um, but I'd just being able to spread out the scoring so much this year, and I think we tallied six, seven scores now in, in two games, uh, and I think we're going to probably see two or three more players register a goal or two at some point in the season as well. Uh, so just, um, I like the balanced scoring. I know it's nice to be able to lean on your your one go-to player, but if something happens, that player gets hurt, they're sick, or a defense just is finding a way to shut them down if you don't have a secondary player that can score where there goes your whole offense. So the scoring by committee is very nice, and I think it's going to help contribute in some of these games when we get to ACC play.
0: Jeff, are you pretty much in agreement with what the guys are talking about here on surprises and, and pleasure things?
2: Yeah, I, I'm not going to try and contradict them on that. That's <laughs> it's, uh, I, I don't have the knowledge to do that in soccer, so.
0: Okay. And, and as for me, yeah, uh, I, I am, am very pleased to see that we know we have a freshman class who can come in yeah. and put points and goals on the board if called upon and needed to. It's also refreshing to see that our old vets, I hate to call them old vets, but the, the, the upperclassmen who've been around for a couple of years can also step up and get things done. I know I kind of stepped up and said that we would start this season with a 5-0 and record, not counting the exhibition. Uh, well, I'm 40% of the way there, and... Uh, <laughs> I St. feel Louis. a little nervous about it. St. <laughs> Louis Thursday. Yeah, they got me a little apprehensive, but we'll see. I think that we can handle both the in-state schools and at WKU, NKU, St. Louis. If we can go down to St. Louis and win by 5-0, looks secure. Because I don't think we're going to go 6-0 and playing Michigan September 10th on a Friday. I'd love to see it. I ain't predicting that. But uh, hey, man, this hour has just flown by for us here. We've, uh, hopefully, we, we've kept you all informed, entertained, and, and updated on the things that happened this week in the realm of U of L women's athletics. Certainly, some exciting things that have gone down the pike. Certainly, looking forward to a action-packed next week of events, both on campus and away, as the cards continue the fall women's sports schedule. and so let's go ahead and roll on, on in the final thoughts uh who did i start with last week i'm trying to i know i didn't start with case who, who was it did i start with you last week jared do you remember Man, i
3: don't remember what i ate for breakfast yeah.
0: yesterday <laughs> take two of these and call me in the morning okay let's go ahead and start with you anyway though since you're you know, here yeah. uh final thoughts
3: it's nice to get a win and especially nice to get four wins in one day uh so certainly an excellent day all around for our uofl women's athletics programs and let's hope we can continue that going forward and get a lot more wins this weekend between the our kind of our three big ball women's sports
0: great sentiment there jeff final thoughts uh
2: yeah similar kind of a, a you know great kickoff opening of, of the fall sports season, Okay, soccer kind of had already opened, but, uh, you know, the other two sports, field hockey and, and volleyball, uh, you know, it's a great start for a great opening day. Um, get a, a, hopefully what should be a fun volleyball match to watch tonight. And uh, I'm obviously looking forward to that. So i um, ready to, to get this uh, season going underway and get more, uh, you know, novel length updates from case, maybe
0: set up the nets and bring on the kills. Absolutely. Case final thoughts.
2: Yeah.
1: just a couple of quick hitters, um, uh, from news earlier this week, um, of a spring sport, not a fall sport softball with two announcements. Um, they announced that Aaron Longenecker is joining as a volunteer assistant coach. He'll be a, a hitting coach comes from, um, in AIA central Baptist college. Um, So he, he has joined the team there. And then, uh, they also announced a transfer coming in from Western Kentucky and Kendall Smith. So a couple of uh, new faces on the softball team moving into uh, the spring season, still a long way off from that, but good to get these announcements in and get them uh, acclimated with the team and with the staff over the next four months before they get ready to embark on their 2022 season.
0: Indeed, sir. I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, Final thoughts here. We had some pretty demoralizing and unhappy news yesterday concerning things on the men's side of Cardinal Athletics with the revelation and the disclosure of the conversations that our men's basketball coach had with Dino Gaudio, former assistant. Definitely a black eye. That makes me very, very happy and glad, though, that we cover women's sports here, where you haven't had any type of fancy as you haven't had any type of wrist grabbing, hand shaking, run out screaming into the middle of the night consternation about our programs over the last couple of years. Indeed, we have a solid group of coaches, perfectly exemplified by this fall slate of Karen Ferguson Days, Justine Sowery, and most certainly not to forget Danny Busboom Kelly. I think they're pretty much above board, above reproach, and certainly not creating headlines in a bad way. So I'm glad we covered Women's Sports, guys. I know you are too. But hey, that's gonna do it for us. We certainly hope you had a fun time listening to us this week. We'll be back with you next week at eleven AM. Unless you know something we don't, for another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics.